We have the pleasure of welcoming Nicholas Babb in your interview series and Vanessa Rose from the Engati team. Let's begin with just a quick introduction of Engati. Engati is the world's leading multilingual no-code chatbot platform available across 14 channels with 25,000 bots created across 186 countries in every domain and use case. We run the Engati blog and the video channel, which receives upwards of 300,000 visitors annually. And as for our guest, Nicholas, a technology, marketing, and management leader, is the head of Habbin Business Consulting. He ranks number one in the Gamification Guru Spa 100. He's involved in business development and digital transformation with numerous positions on boards of directors in France and Europe. Welcome, Nicholas. We are thrilled to have you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now for our first question, Nicholas, can you please explain what the important elements are in the gamification of problem solving? What are the ROIs that you are seeing in the results? Okay. Um, so gamification, just to make sure everybody understands what we're talking about here, is the use of game mechanics in order to do some chores or activities that are not fun. So we try to implement fun into every everyday's uh, activity. Um, the main element that you want to see in any type of gamification activity is all about engagement. So what you want to make sure is that people, while they do things that necessarily, you know, you don't really want to do this, for example, filling out a survey or, or doing things like filling out your income tax, things that really, <laughs> It has to take a lot of effort for you to do it. And with gamification, we ensure that we put some game mechanics around it. So like some competitions, some, some fun elements and anything and, and, and make sure that you optimize your engagement. And that's really the number one and pretty much only element I would like to, to, to talk about today because gamification is all about engagement and if you forget about this, then you, your, your campaign is, is, that, that doesn't work. So in terms of ROI, um, we obviously I cannot share all the campaigns that I've, I've provided for my customers, but if you go on the web, you can see a, a lot of ROIs mentioned. For example, some campaigns done with SAP, you get increased usage by 400% of, uh, of systems, of platforms that SAP could have uh, put together community feedback that have increased by 96%. Why do you see such big numbers? And I mean, these are really like the top of the top that, that you can see on, on campaigns, but you always see increased number of engagement, increased number of people using the systems. You see increased number of people viewing uh, your campaign because it's a disruptive way of doing things. And as soon as you, you start um, coming out of the box, basically, or thinking outside of the box, then you have people who are, um, who, are, who are spending very nice time. It's like you, you know, when you play a game and suddenly you look at your watch and you say, wow, I've been on this game for two hours. Where's time gone? Well, that's exactly what we want to, tr to create when we're a marketer, marketer, sorry, <clears throat> at least in, in, in marketing <laughs> with the French accent. Um, you you want to make sure that at least um, people are engaged and involved in, in the environment so much that they lose track of time. And so, uh, I mean, I can give you some, some other uh, 
example, Spotify, for example, they had a gamified solution with over 90% of employees participating voluntarily. So I use gamification a lot when I try to do for my customers or even before when I was an employee. Um, you try to get some feedback from, from employees about their management, about their work environment, all these things. In general, you get 40% if you're lucky of return because employees are not engaged in that. As soon as you start putting some game mechanics around it, I regularly see at least anything above 70% of ROI. So, I mean, I could give a lot of examples about ROIs, but at least I wanted to make sure that you, you would understand that um, you could see ROIs over 90%, ROIs over 70%, up to 95, 96%. It's just gamification does work. Okay. So, marketing and tech is a, it's a nice combination. What do you think new age businesses should leverage this? I think today, uh, marketing and tech are handy, need to work hand in hand. There's no other way. Um, tech is going so fast, um, but you know, if you talk about artificial intelligence, if you talk about machine learning, which is part of AI, if you talk about blockchain and all these, these are terms that people are not very familiar with, uh, unless you're like in, in, in tech, pure tech. So what you need behind this, because these technologies are essential. When, when you look at today's uh, COVID-19 uh, problems, you start realizing that a lot of countries, like Italy, like Germany, like China, they're all using, uh, I think India as well, I've seen some campaigns around it, that they've started to use, they start to use AI and, uh, and, um, and big data structure and all this in order to get um, a better understanding about the virus in order to get more uh, information about what it does to your lungs and all these things. Mm -hmm. If you don't have marketing with tech to in, in today's world, you basically are missing out because you can't, marketing is about, you know, one part of marketing, marketing is about a lot of things, but one part of marketing is about explaining what a, um, a technology, a product, a service can do. And you explain it for any five-year-old uh, person can understand it. And so that's why tech is becoming so complex. Uh, when you talk about the, the large volume of data, when you talk about the architecture around big data and the fact that you can get um, uh, AI algorithm around it um, in order to pull out the data, analyze the data, and do a lot of things with data, you need to have some people in marketing behind it in order to make sure that at least these technologies are well understood and start to be used. And that's exactly what we see today in, with, with the virus, mm -hmm. is the fact that because this technology has been properly explained uh, to, uh, to companies, to, uh, to the public, or are starting to get to the public, and at least to governments, then you start using this technology. You, you absolutely need to have the two together. It's like in any company, the CTO and the CMO need to work hand in hand. If that does not work, if that relationship does not work, then the company will not function. Okay. And uh, how do you see changes that technology brings, changing the way we work and the skills that we need in order to keep up with this disruption? Um, Technology brings, I think, I think uh, uh, your company is actually very well, uh, and Getty is very well positioned for this, because talking about bots, that, that's what you can see in today's, uh, in today's world. 
what is going to make the world very different. Um, and that's it. I don't say better because I think it's it's a it's an evolution, not a revolution, but an evolution of what we've seen. So the solution that worked in the past not, do not work today, but that's normal. That's life evolution. Um, so using bots, obviously using intelligent bots. So you have first level of, of, of bots that you know the chatbots that that we've all been used to now, but it's getting even smarter and smarter, and 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 you see the uh, the the change uh, now with uh, face recognition bots, with also voice recognition, words recognition. When I launched the first robot uh, with Sony called Ibo, uh, we had 100 words uh, that Ibo could recognize, and we thought that was fantastic. We're talking about here 1999, 2000, the year 2000, which already is, is, is pretty amazing. But today, it's, they understand proper sentences, they understand different type of languages, they understand, I mean, it's just, so the, the, the technology is bringing, and, and we see it also with, again, I'm talking about the virus, but you know, thanks to the technology, you and I can talk. You're in India, I'm in France, uh, it, it's just unbelievable. The world is becoming smaller. It has its disadvantages, obviously, because one guy eating a bat soup in Wuhan, China, is making the whole world a different place. But you know what? When you work in digital transformation, uh, like myself, uh, you tell companies that, you know, up until you have to um, do some things, then um, you don't realize how much technology is going to help. Um, when you do digital transformation, you're talking about change management. Mm -hmm. And companies don't like changes. Nobody likes changes. You and I don't like changes. Nobody likes changes. But now we're forced into changes. And we're going to see that the world is going to be coming. There's going to be a before COVID-19 and an after COVID-19. And technology is making a huge part of this. And to me, I think it's, it's to the best. Okay. You have worked extensively with uh, countries across the globe. Do you see a difference in the rate of adoption across regions? Oh, absolutely. Unbelievable. You would see, uh, you have countries like, uh, like France, like Spain, like Italy, who are very reluctant, reluctant to, to, to change. They, they don't like it. They, 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 they see others as, comp as competition, like, you know, what works in the US will not work in France because mentality is different because all oh, the Americans, you know, the rich people and they, they don't have the same values as us and everything. I, I heard it all. You know, I work a lot in the US. I work a lot in Europe. Um, so I see that in terms of how technology is, is, is uh, perceived and accepted, mm -hmm. countries such as Japan, UK, Nordic countries, and US are always very keen. India as well. India as well, absolutely. And China uh, also are countries that are always looking for the top technology and something that's going to be disruptive and make life different, definitely. And I see the older Europe, and I'm saying in quote-unquote older Europe, a little bit more difficult. But frankly, I think it's good because you have two, um, two different worlds, if I can say, and you can feed one from the other and vice versa. And so, yes, it goes faster in Anglo-Saxon countries and India and China and, and Japan, um, but uh, you don't always think about the future in those countries. Whereas in Europe, when they start um, approving or using a new technology, they've thought about you know, everything from A to Z. So it's different, it's very enriching because the cultures are so different and it's so nice to be able 
to understand all these different point of views and all these different cultures. But I think you have a huge difference between how everything is accepted and everything is, is used, yes. What do you think stops them from accepting change though? Uh, what do I think stops Jane, uh, them? Um, I think it's it's a cultural really element that makes them not as as comfortable with change. Um, it's it's the fact that uh, we've we're used in the old economy of, of doing things the same way it's always been done. Whereas when you come to to China or India, for example, great two examples. You guys, yes, you have fantastic culture. It's very old older than us for, for some, some of them, at least in terms of countries. Um, but you are so keen in, in becoming uh, number one, you are so keen in, in getting out of your own situation right now that you accept basically these type of technologies, you accept these type of, of disruptive uh, ways of doing business. Mm. And that's, I think, is the best way. America has always been ahead of everything because America, everything, anything's possible, blah, blah, blah. You know, you, we've heard it all. Uh, but at least in terms of, of new powers coming in, like China, like India, like Brazil, mm -hmm. th these countries are, are, are really, um, uh, really keen to, to just make sure that they go as fast as possible in this very fast world already. Okay. And uh, since you're an expert in helping companies transform, how do you think AI plays an effective role in growing businesses online? Well, AI is the key to everything. I've been, I've been involved in AI uh, since 1996 when I started with Sony uh, and started to work uh, on the uh, AI project and robots that started in 1993. So I, I've seen the evolution uh, again from uh, a long time. Uh, I started to be in charge of the robotic division at Sony, uh, European robotic division in 2000. And I've seen the importance of AI. Today, when you talk about AI, you talk about predictive analytics, meaning can you predict what's going to happen? And we know now that with, again, talking about the virus, with this um, situation today, we are going to put it into a scheme and models in order to make sure that at least we are going to predict the next one. So the huge change uh, with AI started when we started to see big data architecture because big data allowed finally that all the silos across companies would go down, that all the importance of, uh, of data would um, pay uh, some dividend, if I could say, because before we used to have data and we, we knew that it was important, but we didn't know how to analyze it. We knew how to collect data but we didn't know how to analyze it. We didn't know how to infuse it, meaning how to work uh, with the data. Uh, whereas now, we started with big data. So now we have all this data organized um, and, and also analyzed. And from that, we have data scientists work and get us uh, uh, models that make sure that at least AI uh, algorithm work. And so AI, because it's gonna personalize your experience, is, is definitely transforming the way we, we think. Today, um, you expect a service that's gonna be personalized to you, Vanessa, right? I expect a service that's gonna be uh, personalized to me, Nicholas, in the sense that if I want music, if I want videos, you know, using Netflix, you, you, Netflix is not gonna offer me some 
programs around around dances or around you know because they know what I like they know that I'm more like a James Bond type of guy they know that I'm more like a gadget type of guy a geek um, and 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 that's why I expect I, I don't want to waste any time you know AI is really making sure that at least this this uh, technology this economy that we know today is being transformed for the best of of the users okay what, according to you, is the latest AI trend that is most useful to businesses? So obviously, you are interviewing me, so I'm, I'm going to play the play along. But I, I, anyway, I would have said the same thing. But it's true that bots are transforming and are making sure that uh, that, um, that 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 this technology uh, is 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 providing a service second to none because 24/7, seven day a week. Uh, you know, across the globe, you can get any type of service uh, you want. So I, I've been a really um, keen uh, user of bots from the beginning. Even when with Air France, for example, we used to have like, um, if you're calling for press one and you would press one and then you would get, you know, at the real beginning of bots, it was just really difficult and you really had to have vision in order to make it, uh, to make it uh, relevant. Um, today, Companies such as yourself, other companies in the world, they're mastering bots and making sure that in any type of activity, talking about customer support, talking about marketing, talking about even um, uh, development, coding, yeah. talking about anything, you can use bots for anything. And so to me, I think that this is what's going to have, what's going to make, you know, uh, the world a different place with uh, a technology that we can see already hmm. improving. Yeah, bots have been very impactful and have a really long way to go. They've yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Since we spoke about COVID-19, what change do you think is going to get to the world after this is all over? Well, what I'm hoping to see with COVID-19 is the fact that the world is going to become more um, collaborative in the sense that we see today, you know, even though we're all separated, we're all in confinement, we can't go out or anything, a lot of applications, a lot of websites are, are offering service so that neighborhood can talk to each other, so that uh, friends can have aperitif, as we say in French, you know, the drinks before the, before the meal, uh, all together. Um, so I think that we were going into a very selfish world uh, in the sense that I have my own technology, I have my own app, I have my own phone. I don't need to communicate anymore when I'm at the dinner table. Uh, I have my PlayStation and, uh, you know, I don't need to talk to my parents because I'm going to score a goal on, on FIFA, whatever. I think I'm I, I personally hope that this COVID-19 is going to make sure that at least this, um, this changes. That, that's number one. Number two, I think in terms of the way people work, they start to realize that something needs to change. And I don't know yet what, what's going to change. But for example, working from home is good for the planet. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, and I'm, I belong to some associations here in France. I'm president of a big association here in the southwest of France where we help um, the city to promote uh, uh, old buildings. We help the city to make sure that at least the, 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 the town stays uh, the same in terms of uh, old buildings, in terms of forests, in terms of all these things. Um, so I'm a huge believer of that. And I, I, I you know, I, I thank for that, I, I think what's going on right now, because uh, you have less planes, almost no planes are flying, you have factories working at the minimum, minimum, 
So I think what this COVID-19 is going to do is going to make sure that at least we start thinking about the best um, middle ground um, balance between the world economy and the world um, evolution, which is necessary and you can't stop that. Having said that, I've always said you can't stop it. We can see today that the virus can slow it down at least by a lot. Um, so my thinking is that there will be a, a middle ground between you know, the explosion of economy, the explosion of, of production and the environment. We see the benefits in just after two or three weeks of confinement, what we've done to the planet. And you see all these reports everywhere that the planet is doing much better. Fish are coming back to Venice in, mm. in, uh, in Italy. Uh, we see now waters are all clear in some parts of the world when we, had, we, we were desperate. We see that air pollution in China is just becoming uh, much, much better. And they can see that now there are blue skies in China, which is one of the first. So, you know, I, to me, I, I'm hoping that this, this virus will help in two things, more collaborative and a more intelligent um, approach to, to development. So it's going to change the way we work and the way we live. Absolutely. To me, that's my take, Nicholas Babin, today on the 30th of, uh, of March, 2020. Yes, that's my take. Okay. Nicholas, is there something more you'd like to share with our viewers? Um, no, I think, you know, I, I, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody's staying at home. Please listen to your governments. It's they, they know these guys know what they're doing. Um, and uh, I want to share that. I want to thank you very much for allowing me to, to share my views. Uh, you guys can reach me on Twitter at, uh, uh, at NicoChan33, Nico, N-I-C-O, Chan, C-H-A-N, 33. That's my uh, Twitter name. Uh, or you can find me on, on any other social networks. I'm very active. And I would love to hear comments. I would love to debate about what I've said um, because I, I, one thing that I'm passionate about is growing and learning, even at my age. <laughs> and, so, and so if anybody wants to, to, to uh, reach out, I'll be really happy to, to communicate. Thank you so much for joining us, Nicholas. It was really nice Thank talking. You much, yeah. Thank you. Keep in touch. Thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Angati Engage series. We'll be launching more interviews with experts across the globe. Until then, stay tuned.